to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. everybody. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to episode 26 of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you today, Sherry? I'm great, Jen. Well, and listeners, we told you last (laughs) week that we were recording a two-part episode with Dr. Anna Kabeca. So it is the same day that we recorded last (laughs) week. So we're still a week away from the beach. Yep. But the next time you hear us, we will have been to the beach. That's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we got nothing going on new from the last time. No, not a not single at thing. All. No, I did drink some water in between the last time and this time. Yes, I have my cup of <laughs> what we call in the intermittent fasting community MT, which is oh the hot, hot water in a mug. Hot water in a mug. Well, I love it. Always, always satisfying. It's like a hug for your stomach. It is a hug in a mug. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we always start our show with our good news segment, and today's submission comes from Meg in South Bend. She wrote, have you heard of the love card? It's a little card that you can give to someone to let them know that they are loved and special and a way to pay it forward. I have left them in library books, on equipment in the gym, in doctor's waiting rooms. My friend Joanne from Long Island started the movement. The love card movement began in 2016 as a way for people to help spread love. Originally, people wanted these cards sent to family, friends, and loved ones. But from there, the movement grew and people wanted to spread to others they didn't know. The lovecard.org sponsors an event called Who is Your Local Hero? You can submit the name of somebody in your life or in your community that is perhaps unsung or who is going above and beyond, or maybe it's just somebody who needs some extra love and support. It could be a person or a group or organization. The Love Card organization will then send out a letter to that person or organization letting them know that they were anonymously nominated to receive a TLC Local Hero Award. The letter is filled with love cards and a personal note letting them know that they were anonymously nominated to receive this award for being amazing. You can purchase love cards from their website to hand out or mail, or you can nominate a hero at thelovecard.org. That's beautiful. I love that. What a great way to spread love. They are cute little cards that have a little pre-printed I've never seen them. Did you look at them now or did you already know? I'd never heard of it. I looked them up and you can order like a pack of 20 love cards or a pack of 100 love cards. And they're just kind of like a little postcard thing. And they've got a, a sweet little message inscribed on it. That's great. But you know, you could make your own love card on a sticky note. You sure can. And just pop it somewhere where someone will get a surprise. All right. Well, listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And as usual, I'm going to talk about Beauty Counter because it just simplified my life in so many ways. If you go to jenstevens.com slash beauty counter, you can see why, you know, I wrote there about why I switched to Beauty Counter, you know, why I love the product. But basically, I am busy. Sherry is busy. We don't have time to personally look up every personal care product we want to use. So we depend on companies like Beauty Counter um, with their never list, you know, ingredients that they will never put in any of their products because they're concerns related. Maybe they're endocrine disruptors or toxins or, you know, maybe we just, the jury's still out. So Beauty Counter is not going to use any of their products. 
nuts or any of those ingredients in their products. So go to jenstevens.com slash beauty counter and you will be so glad that you did. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. Just in case you missed the topic for the week, you might want to save this episode for when you're not at the office or with your little ones. Last week, we had the opportunity to learn more about all things hormones and menopause related with Dr. Kabeka, and this week, we are going to talk with her about women's sexual health and libido. This is a hot topic in our Facebook group, and a lot of women are wanting guidance in this area, yet there are not a lot of resources available. People just aren't sure who to turn to for help and advice. So our listeners have submitted a lot of great questions for you. Are you ready to get into them? Oh, absolutely. I love it. So we normally share the name of everyone who contributes the question, but because it's a little more private and sensitive, we're not going to share the names for the the people here. We're just going to share the questions. So I'm going to jump right in. Here's one. Are there any natural treatments for vaginal atrophy? I tried Primarin cream and Bonafide. I guess Bonafide is that like just bone broth? No, that's a uh, Bonafide is a cream. Okay, that's a funny because there's a type cream. of bone broth called Bonafide. <laughs> and oh, really? I'm like, I'm so confused why bone broth would be helping with this. Okay, so she's t- now it makes more sense. So she's tried Primarin and Bonafide, but neither work. I wonder if the Bonafide bone broth people knew that when they named it. Anyway, side note. All right. My gynecologist recommended the Mona Lisa treatment, but that's not guaranteed either. What are your thoughts? This is such a great area. This is a really important question. This is something that I I struggled with personally and then helping patients. That vaginal, now, what is vaginal atrophy, first that, of all? I don't even know what it is. Yes. I that, might have it and I don't know it. <laughs> that is vaginal dryness and thinning. Oh, I've got it. Sorry. Yep. And thinning of the <laughs> vaginal lining as we get older. This thinning of the vaginal lining as we get older is really a significant, it will happen to every single one of us. Like every single one of us will get wrinkles around our eyes, around our lips, right? We will get wrinkles and we will fight it, right? We need right. to fight it down there. It's even more important for quality of life. I didn't know it had the name of that, but I will tell you the first time that it happened that I, I realized that this was happening to me, I was shocked because I had always had smooth sailing. And then all of a sudden, bam, hadn't been smooth sailing ever since. So I'm going to be really listening to this one. Yeah. And it's important because this is something we don't want to talk about, right? Right. And I don't want to, you know, like, hey, honey, guess what? I have vaginal atrophy. Right. But I'll tell you what happens. Not sexy at all, Jen. But let me tell you, when you, you know, this is one of the things that start happening in a relationship. It can happen in our, you know, early 40s even. And then we start to disconnect from that sexual intimacy because it's not as pleasurable. It hurts either during or discomfort after discharge, odor, discomfort, urinary tract infections can result. I mean, all of these things, all of these things can result. And then what happens? Um, The number, you know, the number one reason for intimacy is to have that greater connection. So you're losing this, you're losing this connection. If you have pain every time you do something, why would you want to? Exactly. Right? We're going to lose that primary desire. And this is a really significant problem in in relationships but the good news is we can reverse this and we can completely reverse this and no woman should suffer in today's day and age with any symptoms of vaginal atrophy all right i'm gonna take notes on this one yeah, absolutely. Because of my journey too with early menopause and and how I experienced these symptoms. Plus, I had traumatic childbirth with my first child. I had so much pain after from a, a an anterior tear during delivery that I mean I, I couldn't have sex for a year afterwards. I really wanted to find solutions for for this discomfort and pelvic pain and libido. And it like even took a while for me to understand. Okay, yeah, I have pain every time I have sex. Why would I want to have sex? So that naturally like oh no I've, I'm, I'm busy tonight you know comes into play and and really have to understand well why do I feel this way and so this is an important and really important area and estrogen and this is an area of my study for the last few decades too but and as we age the hormones estrogen progesterone DHA testosterone decline these are hormones that help support healthy vaginal tissue. Estrogen works on the mucosal layer. So when we say mucosal layer, think of the inside of your mouth, the wet mucus layer of your mouth. That's a mucosal layer. The vagina is very similar. And below that, we have connective tissue and muscles, right? That help and glands that are through there that help with our natural secretions. We have our 
salivary glands in our mouth and we have Skeen's glands and Bartholin's glands in our vaginal area that help with our natural lubrication. So like as people can get dry mouth, the dry vagina is coming too and we want to reverse that. So estrogen is only working on the first layer, the mucosal layer, but DHEA, that adrenal hormone we talked about in the first part of our interview, we you know, vaginal uh, DHEA is this adrenal hormone that's a precursor to testosterone and estrogen, but has it in its own right. There are receptors in the vaginal tissue and vulvar tissue that respond to DHEA at the deeper levels of the layers. So at the connective tissue, at the muscular layers. So with pelvic floor exercises, which we should do, you know, I would say from time we first get a pregnancy diagnosis or, you know, from our mid twenties, we should be doing pelvic floor exercises to get, keep those muscles strong. Like we would do push-ups or chaturangas, whatever you're doing. We want to keep our muscles strong. The pelvic floor muscles are, trust me, the most important quality of life muscles in our body. So we want to keep those really strong. And so with pelvic floor exercises using DHEA topically or vaginally or testosterone topically or vaginally in the area of the vulva, which I say clitoris to anus is the most important real estate of our body, <laughs> the most important that this you know, this is, is, is transformational. And that's why I created my product Jolva, which has okay. DHEA and plant stem cells from the Alpine Rose. And just to really give women that option for a clean, natural, topical solution to help with this vaginal atrophy. So Jolva is the product. Jolva is the product. All right. I did not realize that we had a lot of questions regarding dryness. And I guess I did not realize that that was the same as vaginal atrophy. So this one person said that she is already using Vagifem, which is that an estrogen? That's an estradiol. Okay. Mm -hmm. An estradiol. Estrogen. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she said, um, you know, that it's, that intercourse is too painful, but that she is not ready to give up on sex. And she wants to know what she should be doing to try to get things better in that area. Yeah. So if she's already using this product, would you have a recommendation of what she needs to, where she needs to go from there? Yeah, definitely. And I wouldn't just clarify with vaginal atrophy, like just has as muscles atrophy weaken in muscles. That's what we're talking about. So that's, again, terrible terminology when it comes to women's health and women's sexual health. It's just terrible. Is it tissue breakdown too, though? It, it is. It is. It is. And like, so for example, we can get this thinning and drying, like we think of a, you know, think of a balloon, right? The natural elasticity of a balloon. And then over time, you know, stretched out, thinned out without the elasticity. And, uh, and so oftentimes, mm -hmm, and it can become like stenotic, we say it can become more brittle, less flexible, we lose the rugations and folds of the vaginal tissue. So this is part of what's happening. But again, not really good terminology here. And then dryness can happen to a young woman just because of decrease in secretions and infections or birth control pills or estrogen disruptors or, you know, toxins from tampons, pads, you know, feminine hygiene products. And dryness can occur from those reasons as and, and not to mention stress. And then we talked about bonafide, but let me tell you, bone broth and getting keto green, that is good for <laughs> vaginal health too. It All is the good. Types Just of don't bonafide. put it in your vagina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one of the listeners said, I would like for Dr. Kabeca to talk about how the tissue of the vulva versus the vagina becomes more delicate, irritated, and can even tear. How do you deal with that? Do you have a specific suggestion? Can you use coconut oil? And how do you treat tears when they happen? That sounds like Jolva to me. That's right? what yeah. that sounds. It's starting to yes. sound like to me and, as well. And Jolva has some coconut oil in it too, as well as emu oil and shea butter, you know, just for the natural emollient process products, the ingredients, pro the, the way these really can affect your tissue that helps. We really want to get to those deep layers. So that's where the stem cells and the, so plant stem cells and the DHEA really come in to help there. So that's, you know, this is, this is the product I created. I'm biased. There's nothing available that competes with it at all, unless you can get a prescription. Then again, when you get a prescription through a compounding pharmacy, you want to make sure if you're getting a prescription, you can definitely do DHEA vaginal suppositories. Your doctor can prescribe those. Those are called prasterone. And then also I would say, you know, I prefer compounded prescription with DHEA and testosterone. A little bit goes a long way to help with vaginal. This also helps with incontinence too. Again, a 
uh, function of the loss of muscle tone and flexibility. So we can again reverse this. Now I want to touch back on the Mona Lisa procedure and that's a vaginal rejuvenation laser procedure treatment. There are also infrared treatments and light therapy treatments and different types of toning treatments. And those are, those are great to do, but start with Jolva beforehand and use Jolva after because it's not, I mean, it's a temporary fix, right? It's like getting a laser procedure on your face and, and anything else. You have to maintain it. But the creams and lotions and, and hormones that we use will help us maintain those results. So that's that's with with that too. So the Jolva is external. The Jolva is external. It helps internally as well. It absolutely helps internally as well. And you can use it also as with intercourse as a lubricant because it helps the guys as well. And a little bit goes a long way with them too. And it is, uh, I designed it to be external because number one, it's a cosmetic. So Jolva is a cosmetic cream, clitoris to anus to work on this specific area to help with pH balance, support the natural rejuvenation of, of this most important area. And I'm going to say the anus too, because fissures and hemorrhoids are true problems as we get older and we want to fix that and we want to heal for that. And the second part, why, you know, important for me externally, because I didn't want to insert suppositories into my vagina. I don't want to insert anything into my vagina. I usually say, don't insert anything into your vagina that's not giving you pleasure. <laughs> Love that. So Love true. That. So true. Now, speaking speaking of, of pleasure, we have a question. Someone wrote in, while reaching menopause after decades of perimenopause, I'm experiencing decreased sensitivity. Is there a way to help my body lean toward the side of more responsive as compared to less and no one seems to want to talk about? Oh my gosh, this is such a good question because it's so true. If we don't have a solution, we can't really talk about it. And that's the thing with this area, especially when it comes to sexual health. And we know as physicians, you know, and again, I wouldn't know this myself if if I hadn't been through what I've been through. And I'm a special specialist in OBGYN and regenerative medicine. And so, but, you know, it, it's, it's, in sexual health and sexual medicine, so many times things come into the market that's supposed to help a woman with sex drive and libido, and the next thing you know, it's being pulled back off the market because of un unacceptable side effects and consequences. And that's happened over and over uh, again in the decades that I've been practicing. But what we can do and what we do know is that to improve sensitivity, we have to improve the nerves, the response. So we wanna improve the nerve function, the blood flow and the the structure of the pelvic floor. So again, pelvic floor exercises and 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 increase the increase the the tissue health. So using something like Jolva or prescription vaginal DHEA and testosterone, and and then. And a really important thing that happens, especially if we're cyclist, I'm an equestrian, you know, horseback barrel racers. We don't call them equestrians here in Texas. But, um, you know, like and horseback ride, I mean, it's and um, using uh, vibrator, vibrator trauma, all of that kind of and also if we have sacral trauma, so, you know, a fall or lack of flexibility, or there's some impingement of a nerve, a sacral nerve, S2, 3 and 4 innervates the entire pelvic floor. And this creates a decrease in sensation. So we have to look at the entire you know, this entire piece of this, of this problem, what else is going on? And, um, and I want to address this really in the, in three parts. So let's look at struct, like, you know, when we're talking about the nervous system with sensitivity, we want to have good, healthy orgasms, right? So we're going to treat outside in with Jolva or, or vaginal hormones and, and do our pelvic floor exercises, but we're going to address the nerves and the sacrum. So this is where yoga, stretching, long walks, you know, not sitting all day. I mean, is really important as well as chiropractic or osteopathic manipulation and acupuncture can really be beneficial if we are having decreased sensation we want to address the sacral nerve and i'll tell you a way that everyone listening can check really quickly how well the function of their nerves s2 3 and 4 are then i'm going to tell you what to do here so you ready yes okay <laughs> so take off your shoe or sandal let's look at your bare feet and spread your toes. All right, I'm doing that right now. Do yeah. And, okay. 
and spread your toes and how well can you spread your toes are you good like i can see some yogis and they just like amazingly spread their toes and it's gripping and it's all that good stuff and way back when i got very minimal spread right but we want to spread our toes like we can spread our fingers and if we can't that's a dysfunction in s2 3 and 4 the sacral nerves we have to exercise those muscles we have to exercise those nerves and so how you guys how'd you guys do well, is it normal for one foot to spread out more than the other? Well, that's interesting. That could be one side of an impingement. You could have okay. a slight rotation at the sacral or the lumbosacral intersection. You could have a slight rotation than the other. And then again, you know, lack, and it's not something we do. We never think about spreading our toes unless never. we're doing yoga. But now you're going to think about it. I Every am. morning you're going to look. I mean, when you're on How the are toilet. Your toes, Sherry? How well, are you? I have two toes on my right foot that won't separate. Yep. Now mine spread out pretty, They both, <laughs> both feet spread out, but one more than the My other. My third and so. fourth toe just are kind of conjoined. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to work on I that. I do know that I have SI joint instability and I do see a chiropractor and I've not been in a while. I end okay. up with leg time to shortening go. and the whole thing. So it, it may be time to go visit my chiropractor and get my toes to spread. Yes. And if we have, and if we're having any issues with our, you know, again, that's something important to exercise, right? Exercise our, you know, think of the toe spread. I think of that in yoga. I'm like, okay, good toe spread, good orgasm. Okay. This is a new <laughs> quote. I love me. that. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's true. We want to enter, we want to make sure our sacral nerves are innervated well, and that we have this good pudendal nerve function. There are 8,000 nerve endings in the clitoris. The clitoris is designed for one purpose, and that is for pleasure. And as we get older, that will atrophy and nerve endings will recede, but we can revive them. And that's why clitoris to anus, we get so much attention even on the vagina, we don't even talk about the clitoris. And the clitoris is, is so important, so important for sensitivity and often for, I mean, for sexual pleasure with vaginal intercourse. If we're not often getting getting clitoral stimulation, we may not have an, you know, an orgasm during intercourse and combining the two is incredibly beneficial. So, so that lack of sensation can have significant, you know, can have other neurologic issues. And the way we would check as a gynecologist and, or, you know, reproductive health, sexual health expert, we would do two points. We would check on the pelvic, like say around the labia or around the clitoris and have like two toothpicks, or you could do cotton swab, and this is how I would test. I would just look at, you know, at four, four centimeters apart. Can you feel one or two points? And they would say, you know, one or two, and then go closer, closer to see how, how much sensitivity there are. And sometimes even at four centimeters, people would only feel one. And so I know there's neurologic damage wow. here. And again, it can be vibrator trauma, cycling, horseback riding, gymnastics. It could be. So I never even heard of that that, that would all of that. Yes, the, the, the trauma nerves. from never even crossed my mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And oftentimes when we go when we do have vibrator trauma, and you know, for instance, or this trauma from loss of sensitivity, from using um, a vibrator too much, for instance, when we back off, like, you know, just stop, I put them on hiatus from the vibrator. <laughs> and then just you're on restriction, <laughs> on restriction, and you go to the lightest touch, like just around right. the clitoris around the labia. And it's just the softest touch, the softest strokes. And eventually that reawakens the nerves and often women and this was ex um, expressed in the book slow sex by uh, Nicole Daydone, who wrote talked about orgasmic meditation, this process, but this ground glass feeling as these nerves came back to life. Wow. And I've heard that from other clients as well. So as you regenerate, it's like, you know, for example, when your foot's asleep, mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. the nerves start waking up, that happens, that happens and how powerful and then the lightest touch, the lightest sensation increases your orgasm again. And that's, I mean, that's, again, very, very powerful. Do you have a good book to recommend to people on this subject? Definitely, man. There's there's really good ones. I'm gonna got, I'm gonna give you a link to my All Things V ebook. Okay. So we have All Things V ebook. So I talk a little bit about this, but I really haven't delved deep into this in any of my books yet. But um, the, maybe that'll be your next that, book. <laughs> I got I got to put this. I'll definitely get an article out there really soon, and we'll talk about this. But All Things V, we talk. I talk about it a little bit, and then also the books slow sex for orgasmic meditation, the practice itself is good. 
the practice itself is good. And that's a partner practice. We say it's a sexual practice, but it's not sex. And it's a, a nice way. And I've done this with clients when I've been, you know, couples that have had either he has erectile issues or, you know, there are sexual health issues going on. And so we want to reactivate this kind of connection, increase oxytocin again, and increase this orgasm. And to do this practice of orgasmic meditation, just that light, clitoral, safe touch, you know, around the clit, just on the clitoris, very safe, but also just recognizing too, that we as women, if we're not communicating, so if the upper lips aren't speaking, neither will the lower lips. So learning that practice of communicating. So with your partner, just touching the, you know, the clitoris very, very lightly, you can say, you know, go lighter, go softer, you know, go lighter, go firmer, go faster, go slower. I mean, what we have to start communicating that as women to, you know, what feels good and knowing it ourselves is is transformational so to revive sensation in the pelvic floor can be achieved and then again of course we i as a physician i'm going to look okay is there other things that could be neurotoxins like mold toxicity you know you know chronic infection anything else that could be creating a decreased sensation sounded like a simple question didn't it <laughs> <laughs> the body is complicated, though, right? We, there's so many factors yeah. that, that go in, come into play. So I would say the majority of our questions were regarding libido. So even though some of the questions are kind of similar, I'm going to, I think Jen and I are going to read a few of them to you just because I think it's important for our listeners to hear what other people's questions are, because like, I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat and they right. just don't know how to verbalize the question or they think maybe it's only them. And I am convinced that nothing is ever happening to just you. It's happening to other people too. So one person wrote, I used to have a bonfire libido. Now my libido barely shoots sparks. Are there any sex? suggestions besides hormonal supplements. Another listener says, since menopause, my libido is non-existent. This is not what I'm used to. Is this what I'm destined to for the rest of my years? Or is there something that could be done to increase libido? I take PrimPro, but have not seen any change. The next person said that I had a full hysterectomy at 43. That was almost 10 years ago. I was lucky enough to escape hot flashes and other menopausal issues. I am now having symptoms of low libido and a harder time reaching orgasm. Is there a natural approach in helping these issues? These are such great questions. And I'm so glad people are asking this because we don't talk about, we don't talk about libido. There's a couple things that, you know, I really want everyone to talk about is, you know, authentically what is happening to our bodies. What changes are we noticing, right? And this way we can intervene sooner rather than later. And this is important. And one of, you know, the things that I, I actually created a course, it's a, five-week course is called sexual CPR. <laughs> I love that name. You know, I like we do it CPR. Too. It's just a yeah. fun name, sexual CPR, very holistic program. But one of the things that I, you know, the first class is help doctor call 911. My sex drive has no pulse, uh, right? That's just what these listeners are saying. Exactly yeah. what they're saying. And, and over and over again. And this is a class again. you offer on your website that people can download? Yep, on my website. They do it from the privacy of their own home. Their husbands can do it with them. We have a special men's segment in there. And I go through anatomy, physiology, medications, hormones, you know, anatomy, G-spot, you know, orgasmic meditation. I've got some really great pieces in there in this course. So really this issue of libido is something that comes up so much. I and mean, again, it came up in my life, you know, a year of having pain from post episiotomy to going through early menopause and also not, you know, not experiencing an orgasm with intercourse for over a decade. And so like it was part of my own journey, but also my patients and listening to my patients. I always listen, like I was taught early on and, and just from my mom, I think just such a good listener. Let me listen to what people say and hear what they're not saying as well right? You have to hear what they're not saying as well. So as a physician in this capacity, when we talk about libido, patients were saying, you know, I'm, I just don't have the, you know, I don't have the desire that I used to, I never want to initiate sex. And then I would ask, well, well, what do you do once you get, how, how are you once things get started? And they're like, well, once things get started, I'm doing great. You know, I'm fine. I'm into it. Right. And that's, we call that secondary desire. Now that is a normal function of, of being in a good, healthy, safe relationship. That's a normal function for women to have the secondary desire. So what do we, as women, we need to be receptive, 
you know, and want to have intimacy and sex and then know that once that foreplay starts, that's where foreplay should start, you know, in the morning, right? Right. Yeah. Once foreplay starts and your <laughs> hormones come into play and you are recept, you are, you know, turned on at that point, like how you get your turn on, how do you bring your turn on in? And then that kind of conscientious thought, like, yes, I want to be turned on. What do I need to do to turn me on? I need to go for a walk. I need to, you know, call one of my best girlfriends and laugh. You know, I need to, you know, have a romantic, you know, setup. And for my husband, I need to tell my uh, you know, husband, partner, you know, when you leave dirty laundry on the floor of the bedroom, that turns me off. We need right. to know what turns us on and what turns us off and to communicate that. And that's a really important part of this secondary libido. And what I talk about to give a visual, I say man's libido is like, is like the Audubon, for instance, it's like driving from zero to 60 in three seconds, right? And a woman's libido is like the romantic, or, you know, woman's orgasm, essentially, the, the desire that, you know, this connection, this piece of, um, or, you know, I, I like to say orgasm as the entire process, climax as that, you know, cherry on top, right? So uh, a woman's is more like the romantic Strassen, like you're driving down the scenic route and you're, you know, you stop and look, oh, look at these pretty trees. Let me take a picture. Oh my gosh. Okay. You get distracted. I call it the game of Candyland. If you guys have played Candyland, oh, and yeah. I've played it for <laughs> generations now, it's like sometimes you get ice cream cone and you're like, oh my gosh, this is great. And then you get stuck in the mud and then you go back to start. That right? is a woman's sexual response. That's true. It's so true. And we're not, it's hard to Audubon. I have to honestly. Yes. Yeah. We are not designed to Audubon. If you honk at me in the Audubon, I'm not going to be, you know. Oh my gosh. It's like meditation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Those distracted thoughts come like, what's my carpool? What's my to-do list? What do I have to do in the morning? You know, I mean, th those are things. So it is a practice and a process to get into the present moment, to get very physical in your body and to communicate what's feeling good and what's not feeling good good. And in that way, lo and behold, we'll desire more. Now I'll tell you a story about a, a client that came into my office it was very interesting. And I always would see, you know, I typically when I'm dealing with sexual health, and when I'm working with patients with hormone replacement, I like to see the partner, whether I'm working with men, I want to see the woman when I'm working with women, I want to see the couple as a as a couple, you know. And so I think this is this is a really important. So this couple came in, there's this beautiful couple, and they're in their late 30s. And he says to me, because, you know, she just doesn't ever want to initiate sex. But when she, you know, when she has sex, she has great orgasm, she, you know, she climaxes, and I, I she has a good time. And, and I said, well, what do you do after? And he said, well, you know, I roll over and go to sleep. I'm like, <laughs> of course you do. That's what men do. Oxytocin for men increase their, you know, somnolence they want to go to sleep makes them tired they just say okay great right, she's done. had a thank climax you. we're done yeah. roll over and go to sleep so understand wham bam thank you ma'am is that what that is exactly wham bam thank <laughs> well you know again they had great connection great intimacy but then after after her climax like and that's what he wants right his pleasure is her pleasure i teach that in sexual cpr his pleasure is her pleasure and we have to believe that and so like his turn on the number one thing he wants when being intimate and sexual is that she is turned on and responsive and intimate and sexual right but what we want as women what we're designed evolutionarily we're designed to con we want that intimacy we want that connection. connection so for two minutes after hold me talk to me you know let's you know focus on what's beautiful in our life that connection feel bonded so he i said it just takes two minutes just give her two minutes and then roll over and fall asleep you know i mean whatever <laughs> but and they came back for their follow-up and and she goes i've initiated sex three times this month which is more than i've done in the last 10 years and this has really made a difference and I, I just think that that's huge. And I've had clients who didn't initiate sex in 15 years start initiating wow. sex, not because they scheduled it, because they wanted it. And isn't that great? That's yes. that turn on. And, and that's from knowing ourselves, knowing our pleasure, allowing it in and communicating what we need and understanding our differences between men and women. So... That I think would address the issue for the people who have that that secondary libido. You called it when they once they get into it, it's fine. What about the people who have a hard time even once they're in the middle of it? They they're not getting they're any not pleasure. Responding. 
yeah. and they're not responding. And that's where we really need the sexual CPR. So we want to look at what are some of those issues. In the first class in that call 911, I go through the the seven ways to get our sexy on. Like what are the, the say and the other way to look at it, the seven areas that any one of them are blocked, you're not going to feel it. Right? Okay. Any area. And so that could be a medication, right? It could be an antihistamine, asthma medicine, steroids. It could be religious or spiritual. It, you know, it could be past trauma. It could be physical, like the, you know, nerve, nerve damage, sacral, you know, sacral spinous issue, you know, or pudendal nerve issue. It could be, I mean, there are so many reasons that it could have, and it could be relational. So I don't care if you're, you know, how good the mechanics are. If you're fearful, if you don't feel safe, it, you know, it's, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna respond. Turn on. And so I think, again, in, the, in, in sexual, I'll say I'm the sexual health expert. I am not the relationship or technique expert. So in sexual CPR, I brought in some people. Yeah. That's great. Full disclosure, full disclosure. We all, we all have to get that support from other people. Exactly. Exactly. We can't know all the things. Yeah. I continue, I continue to learn from other experts in these right. areas, but you know, I mean, that is, and it's a really an important, you know, some practices like Diana Kirshner, she taught in, in sexual CPR and, and just the back-to-back -back open conversation, just like sometimes you can't even be knee to knee, eye to eye, right? Sometimes it starts back to back. And then like, what can we do, you know, non-sexual to reignite that sexual and that orgasmic meditation, once you can get to that point, orgasmic meditation, very safe, no sex. You know, let's let's open this process so we can reawaken, you know, our uh, ability to be intimate and connect. And as a woman, when we increase our oxytocin in and out of the bedroom, we have to bring more pleasure into our life versus the sacrificial lamb that we've sometimes created and moms, bosses, you know, whatever, all the 20 hats we wear. We have to start bringing that into our lives inside and outside the bedroom and start outside, start safe. Start with communicating about, you know, I really like it when, you know, focusing on the positive because for both men and women, there is no area, and I don't care how successful we are, how, how beautiful we are physically, how much money we have in the bank, there is no area that any individual is more vulnerable than with sexual intimacy. That's, yeah, yeah, I, I, so I can totally see that. And yeah. it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't just start when you walk into the bedroom. Right. It starts first thing that morning when, you know, when you're having your first interaction of the day. It's funny you say that. My husband is not a toucher. He's very touch averse. So he's not affectionate. But then it's like, once he gets to bed, he's like, you want to have sex? And I'm like, dude, you haven't touched me all day. What are you so talking the answer is no. about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's try tomorrow. Just, now you want me to go from zero to 100 in yeah. five seconds. And that is not going to happen. The other day, you know, we're laying in bed and he's all ready to go to sleep. And I, I want to talk now. And I said, you know, I feel like we need to get on the same page with our sexually. Like we need to improve our sexual relationship. And he said, what are you talking about? We have an amazing sexual relationship. And I'm like, um, okay, <laughs> let's it's talk just, about what that. What is that? Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Yes. And that, is exactly, that is exactly it. So, I mean, you may be feeling one way and your spouse may be feeling another way. And because if you we have are different not needs on the same page. Mm -hmm you're going to have that disconnect. Yeah. Right. And that goes to the love languages. I was able to interview Gary Chapman in my girlfriend doctor show recently. He, he's the author of five love languages. And we, we actually really, had an episode about the five love languages. On Valentine's Day. We did. Oh, that is so good. And one thing, one area we talked about is, is again, we can be talking two different languages or two right. different dialects. And so getting on that same page, the other part is what's blocking. And one of the areas that we talked on that I've not heard him talk on before is the, you know, consequence of affairs. Oh, and mm -hmm. how to work through that and how to understand it and, you know, and, and ideally repair from it and have a better relationship after. And that was a really beautiful concept, too, because we have understanding, like, again, you know, if, if we are able to and we're willing to, to communicate the, 
the why, do the work to understand, like, how do I, how do I make you feel loved? And how do I feel loved? And so our responsibility as women, because there's not a male mind reader that I've ever found, no. is, is to communicate this, I feel loved when, like, put your arm around me when I'm, you know, in the kitchen. And in the first thing in the morning, send me a text, like, warm me up, you know, warm me up. And the same thing, like I say, change the names on your phones, like, hey, my sexy stud is calling is much better than Bob, you know, right. <laughs> unless that's battery operated boyfriend, for sure. <laughs> we are almost out of time. And I could talk about this forever. But we have one last question. Do you have any suggestions on ways to control incontinence? Or is that just our fate that came from a listener? And you know, what, what say you on that? Oh, my gosh, incontinence. Listen, this is, uh, you know, I, mean, I remember being postpartum with Ava Marie, maybe training for a, tr a sprint triathlon and wearing like I was looking so cute, right? Wearing light gray leggings, doing an insanity class, totally peed on myself, right? Totally. Oh I was so embarrassed. And, and it and working with patients with incontinence issues, right? Now do 80% of women as they get older, according to statistics, have incontinence? Yeah, that's true. Is it a fate? No, but is it the, you know, the, what's heartbreaking is the number one reason caregivers put their loved ones into a nursing home it's because of incontinence. Now, I am, you know, a gynecologist and a surgeon. I want to I want to emphasize how important it is to use like for example something like Jolva or get your doctor to prescribe some vaginal hormones because we can reverse this with androgens. Estrogen's not going to make a big difference at all. But the, you know, like we know from my clients using Jolva that with pelvic floor exercises makes an improvement in incontinence symptoms, if not eliminating urinary leakage, you know, um, accidental urinary leakage. We want to avoid that completely. The, again, just like muscles were atrophy, if we don't work them out, right, in our arms, in our face, our face exercises, very important too, you know, we will have weakness in the pelvic floor. But as a surgeon who did, I remember one day I did six urinary sling procedures in one day to help women with incontinence. I mean, it, there's so many women who could use it. I mean, we did that six day, you know, six in one month, but that one day, and what I wanted to do pre and post operatively is get the best results because you hear about vaginal mesh erosions and in you know problems with all of that prolapse and and thank God none of my patients did but why because I used vaginal hormones and I used these these uh, creams to improve the tissue the muscle the fascia before I operate and improve and keep those maintenance results for the long term I think that's like huge. I never want you to have a second procedure ever and it's it's a fact. And then what happens? I mean, the scarring, the pain, the discomfort, you know, post procedures, it's a real issue. And and then what, where did sexual intimacy go? And what other, you know, I mean, it, it's a nightmare. And I've seen many women go through that. And so learning to use vaginal hormones, not at part of my pre-op treatment, patients have incontinence, do the bladder studies. Yes, a sling procedure will help, man, the easy procedure, outpatient, right? I started using vaginal hormones more and more and more. And the better I got at that, patients would come into their pre-op visits. I would do that a month before. They'd come in three days before surgery. Dr. Anna, I'm running again. I have no leakage. I'm like, well, damn, I can't operate then. <laughs> wow. Right? Over right. and over and over again. Over and over well, and over again. Well, it's better. Again. Heal it before the surgery. Not even need the surgery. I love that. Exactly. Not need the surgery. Not need the surgery. And the same with myself at 54. I'm doing, I'm working out with these, these HIIT classes and, you know, uh, the high intensity classes. And I'm jumping on my rebounder. Exactly. No leakage. Yeah. So you've mentioned several times pelvic exercises. And are you familiar with like the PeriFit device? Yes, I love okay. the PeriFit. I wanted to ask you about that because I, I actually ordered one. I went through a period with illness where I was cough, cough, coughing. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my leak, gosh. Leak, leak, leaking. Yep. Yeah. I feel like I'm leaking a little bit. There's some, I need to do something about that. Yep. But I wondered how effective you really think a tool like that is. Well, I think it's very effective. Now, do you need to use it, it long term? It's very eye-opening for me, for sure. I had no idea that I was weak. Exactly. You can think, okay, I'm really strong and not be at all. And that is an important thing. And that's why pelvic exercises are so important part of our 
you know, part of our, our, our living or exercising any part of our body, I mean, till we die. The Perry fits nice because it's giving you, it's a, it looks like almost like a beautiful pink dildo type thing. Very small, very not, not dildo, like just a, a you know, just a beautiful, simple, classy uh, instrument that you can put inside your vagina. The instrument doesn't even sound like a good word. So I've made that unattractive <laughs> as possible, but a it's cute pretty, thing that you're it's, gonna use. it's a pretty color. <laughs> And you put it in, in the, in your vagina and then you contract your muscles and it reads on the app, you know, your, your muscle strength and you can increase that over time. And it's nice because it's giving you that biofeedback, what you can focus on, right, will improve, right? So that, that's biofeedback and that's a really good thing. The other thing that I've used and I, um, for pelvic floor exercise or Kegel exercises is you can also use like uh, jade eggs or Lilo balls, weighted balls that you can put in the vagina and gradually increase the weight of them to hold them in the vagina and increase your muscles. And and experience, put two fingers in the vagina and just contract around your fingers. How strong am I? And then keep working on the exercise so that you can improve improve the strength. I have a great um, how to do Kegel exercises um, video on my YouTube channel too that I think has hundreds of thousands of views. And it is just that concept of like, how's the right way to do it? So like we can be sitting right now and think, okay, I'm gonna contract my pelvic floor muscles. What does that feel like? You know, how do you feel your vaginal muscles contracting, right? And that's that's a challenge. So like consider your pelvic floor muscles are like a sling and you want to contract them in together and up towards your navel and you want to bring it in and up and you can test this by sitting on the uh, on the toilet when you have to go to pee and try to stop the flow of urine and hold that flow hold that for 10 seconds now don't do it repeatedly there because you'll create a bladder dysfunction so we don't want to disrupt that but the experience is contracting the pelvic floor bringing the muscles in and pulling them up into your navel and do it on an exhale so there's no intra-abdominal pressure in that and even just doing it and holding it for as long as you can and your muscles will will weaken they'll maybe maybe you can only hold it for one second but work up to where you can hold those muscles hold that contraction for 10 seconds and then check again with your fingers like how how strong is my pelvic floor getting our anatomy is it's ours. There's no taboo of touching, inserting your fingers into your vagina. No taboo around that. Get to know your anatomy, what's normal for you and what's not. And let's let's fix it. And lose the shame and embarrassment. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So we can, only, we can only get better when we talk about it. Well, Dr. Anna, it has been great to connect with you on these two episodes. How can listeners find you? Well, definitely come to my website at dranna.com and on my uh, YouTube at the Girlfriend Doctor the girlfriend doctor and I'm on Instagram at the girlfriend doctor and Facebook. So we've got a great keto green community on Facebook too. So um, really easy and fun to connect with me those ways. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Before we get to the listener led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And today it's Dr. Anna Kabeca and her amazing products. So, you know, if you've been listening to last week's episode and then this week's episode, I'm sure just like with me and with Sherry, there are products you want to try. Like, I can't wait to get, you know, the Balance Cream, try out the Jolva. I want to try the Mighty Maca. So if you go to lifelessonscommunity.com and go to the Shop With Us tab, we're having you know, a link there for you where you can go to Dr. Quebec's website and find all the products that she talked about today with us and even more. You know, you may find something we didn't even mention or she didn't even talk about because we were limited in time. And you'd be like, ooh, I need that one. So go to lifelessonscommunity.com and go to the Shop With Us tab and go explore everything that Dr. Quebec has for us to look at. Now we have a segment we like to call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's listener-led lesson comes from JJ. With summer car travel coming up, these are some perfect reminders for hitting the road. Have your car serviced before you leave home. Make sure your spare tire is aired up. Consider signing up for a roadside assistance plan such as Good Sam or AAA. If you have a flat, 
a dead battery or get locked out of your car, you'll be glad you have it. And I just want to jump in. This is a, a gen tip, not a JJ tip. But it may be possible that your auto insurance plan comes with roadside assistance. Mine does. Does yours, Sherry? It's an add-on that you can add on. Well, mine, mine's on there. So that's been helpful definitely in the past. When my, my son Cal accidentally put diesel in his car. Did you know that you could do that? You're <laughs> not your supposed will... to be able to. No, it's not buddy. supposed to fit. Well, he apparently did. And then your car just stops. Oh he was on goodness. his way to Charleston with friends on this back road. Anyway, good times. Also, JJ says, don't forget the sunscreen. You can get a sunburn while riding all day in the car. That is true. Research your rest stops and gas stops in advance so that you know when and where to stop so you don't find yourself low on gas without a gas station nearby. Don't leave electronics out in the open in your car. Be aware of your surroundings when entering and exiting your car. Take lots of pictures, but be careful posting them on social media during your trip. This will alert people that your home is unoccupied. Yeah, post them when you get back and you're home already. And then have a check-in person, somebody that you notify when you make it to your destination safely. Also let them know when you leave and let them know what time you should be expected home Check in with them when you arrive. Those are great tips from JJ. Great tips. At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from Tish in the San Francisco Bay Area. Bay Area. You change best by feeling good. I love this quote because one, it's a reminder to not get down on myself if I don't do something perfectly, such as eating or exercising on plan or if I don't achieve my goals within the time frame I planned. And two, it's a reminder to plan a celebration or reward for myself after each small victory that is achieved. It is so important to focus on making progress and moving forward in the right direction rather than getting down on myself when I'm not perfect. Who is perfect anyway? I always make more progress in my life when I am feeling good. I love that because you know, I taught an online class as part of a master's degree program and an, and an educational master's degree. And we had maxims that the, the students would explore and they would choose what really was powerful to them. And one of them was perfection is an illusion. You know, you yeah. talk about being perfect. No one's perfect. Exactly. Perfection is an illusion. And um, I just recently read an article about perfectionism, about how dangerous it is. Mm-hmm. Brene Brown talks a lot about mm-hmm. it. Yep. And so not only is perfection an illusion, but it's dangerous. So don't even try to be perfect, perfectly imperfect. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Join the Life Lessons Facebook community to connect with other listeners. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, and we would love for you to leave a review. We have had some amazing reviews. It just warms my heart to read them. So if you have not left a review... Do so just so that I can read them and have a good afternoon. Yay. Read the reviews. <laughs> I don't read reviews. <laughs> Sherry reads them. I stopped reading reviews. <laughs> Some days when I am just having kind of a day, especially if I'm overwhelmed, I go and I look at the reviews and I'm like, oh, yes, we are connecting with people and people really are enjoying what we're doing and they're learning from us. And it just reinforces why that. we're doing it. Yeah, why we're doing it. We're not just here talking to each other because we like each other. I mean, that's Although part of I it. do like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite part of my, the week. I love it. I have a lot of fun doing it, but it is yep. still a lot of work. And, it is. And I love to know that we're making a difference. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we talk about all sorts of different things. And it's great to know that the topics are, are reaching people. So definitely leave the reviews. And Sherry shares the really exciting ones with me. I do. Not the ones where they're like, I hate your southern accent, Jen. <laughs> I don't think we've gotten any on this this one. Nobody has said, said that. That. Uh, that was just an email somebody <laughs> sent me. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Not. All right. Anyway, thank you so much um, for everyone who's left a review. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.